Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Craig Burley and Stevie Nicker. We'll kick things off in the FA Cup at Anfield, where Liverpool's struggles continued as they could only manage a 2-2 draw against Wolves. It was a gift of an opener from Alisson given to Guedes to make it 1-0. Beautiful finish, though, from Nunez just before the break to make it 1-1 at half-time. Salah then was scored soon into the second half. Wang, though, with the equaliser as it finishes Liverpool 2, Wolves 2. For more on this, we welcome in uh, Luis Garcia. Luis, once again, we, we, we talked about this maybe being a possible kind of blank slate for Liverpool, put away what's going on in the league, focus on this cup game against a weakened Wolves side, but it was kind of same old Liverpool. Yeah, once again, uh, the second half looked a little bit better. Uh, we saw a little more uh, intention, desire to go th- uh, forward, to try to press and regain the ball closer to the box. But once again, a lot of mistakes at the back. Um, a lot of gaps that, uh, yes, Steve was mentioning, one easy pass for, through the middle to a, a fantastic chance. Another one on the goal where Alexander uh, Arnold doesn't know if closes down to the right side or close inside or stays in the middle, so allowed to go through and make the wall pass. So there's still a lot to continue working on. This Liverpool is not the one that we all know. There's still a lot of uh, uh, intention, intensity that is needs to go forward. The chances that uh, Liverpool creates, they are not enough. Uh, Salah, once again, we, the, we saw they score the goal, but he could have a couple of chances where he kind of make a, a different mistake on the decision t- making, trying to pass the ball to, to the strikers up front. So, well, uh, the best of today is Gabko kind of look like he's been playing for Liverpool for, for quite a while. That's something very good. The understanding with Robertson and with Nunes, but still a lot to work on. We saw a little bit Keita in the second half, a little bit out of uh, fitness, but hopefully he can continue working on because definitely Liverpool needs to continue working on the middle. Today, it was not good enough. See, this time last year, we were talking about the possibility of Liverpool doing the quadruple. Yeah, seems a million miles away, doesn't it? Why? Well, pretty much every single facet of the game for Liverpool is going wrong. I talked about um, I talked about the passing earlier. Mm. When you can't string three and four passes together, you're never getting anywhere. When defensively you can't stop anybody from getting at your back four, then you're putting yourself under pressure. And then when you've got a back four who isn't playing together. You know, gone are the days of Liverpool's back four being up together, back together, across together. There's, there's, there's bodies behind, there's bodies ahead. Everything's wrong about it. And now you throw in the mix your goalkeeper, who at one time, no question, was the best in the world, isn't making a save and is giving goals away. I mean, honestly... You and I were having a go about Nunez earlier, but honestly, other other than Nunez, where is the light for Liverpool? Right. There's there's none. Salah doesn't look as though he's going to score now. He's he's not going past anybody. Um, Fabinho's not 
defending in the middle of the park the way he used to. I mean, I'm, I'm looking for something other than Nunez to be positive about. Right. And I really can't find anything. I mean, they got lucky with the goal. You know, you, the, the laws of the game are what they are, whether we agree with them or not. And so Salah gets the benefit of, of a bad law. And we still can't win the game and actually get lucky that, that there's an offside given when... Wolves are probably thinking we should be coming away with a win here. Yeah, now, former players, just explain the frustration with this. So, Totti, so Salah's offside there from an initial pass, but, it's, but once Totti makes a deliberate play for the ball, which he did with his head, it then resets the, uh, the offside and, and, and he's, he's back on, basically. Uh, so, so, obviously, in an ideal world, he just leaves that ball so and Salah's offside. It, yeah. Once he goes to play it with his head, it negates the first pass right. from which Mo Salah is offside. Well, there's not a man player on the planet who leaves that. Sure. No, there's not yeah. a Because defender. he doesn't know Salah's a foot offside. He just knows Salah's behind him and there's a ball going over his head and he's probably going to score and I need to play it. And, I, and I, oh, I can get there, I can get there. And by skimming on his head and making a play for it, he plays him on site. So it's a part of the law. I think it just isn't fair, but it is a part of, of, of the law. Look, the whole Liverpool thing is, one, they're allowing even average teams lots of chances, mm -hmm. right? That's the first thing and foremost. The second thing is, they had, I think for a couple of years, a, a definite fear factor of 75-80% of teams in the Premier League in particular got off the bus at Anfield thinking about not getting battered. Mm. Now, there is no team in the Premier League who doesn't think about going there and getting something the way they're playing at the moment. So there's been a whole mindset change of the approach for other teams at Anfield. Let's put this in context. Liverpool playing a team today who are second bottom of the Premier League mm. and who are... Nine changes. Absolutely in danger, maybe, of getting relegated and who made nine changes from what is the perceived first team playing against the Liverpool side that I think we all agree on the day was the best side that Liverpool could put out. Never mind making changes yeah. for the sake of it, but scrape a draw, scrape a replay at, at the fortress called Anfield. That's, that's, how, that's how big a struggle everything is for Liverpool. Every single thing they do right now is a struggle. So, Luis, how do you remedy it? How do you fix this? Because we've seen it time and time again from Liverpool this season, and Jurgen Klopp doesn't seem to be particularly proactive in making it work. Yeah, but the thing is, there is no one button that you can click and then suddenly change the, the mentality of uh, 20 players. That's not possible. Even though that you are working on it, even though that you have fantastic training session and you got uh, your um, psychology of fitness uh, coach, uh, everybody working around the players. When you are into the game, you realize that the legs are not doing what you want them to do. That the, the mind is telling you, I'm trying to do this, but this is making it difficult. Before, before, that mentality was around, let's go for it. Let's go for it. That's the only way that the, this Liverpool was playing. They never was a, a fear of, we're going to uh, be beaten today, or we are not going to score more than two goals. That's the, the, the reality at the moment. How this is going to change? It's going to take time. It's going to take new players. It's going to take a different way of doing things. And it's not going to be quick because it's very difficult. It's going to be one game and then another game and then another game 
where the players realize that they have the talent, the quality to win the games. But again, in the moment that you face teams that they don't have that fear against you, you're going to be in trouble. And that's the, 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 the whole situation, that you need five, six, seven games for this team finally to change the mindset and start believing that this is Liverpool and you can win everywhere that you go. When, when do you change the way you play? When it's not working. So was he going to change it? You know, we're, we're looking today, and, and today was a clear example of... of from a defensive point of view, when you've got Alexander-Arnold and Robertson so far up the park, your defence can't cope with the holes. Do you just keep playing that same way? Because it seems as though that's what Klopp's going to do. Right. How long can you do that when you can't beat a team that's second bottom of the Premier League at home with a crowd behind you and with your best team? There comes a time when you have to, you have to make a significant change. Now, usually it's... What is that change, Steve? Well, usually it's personnel. Okay. But I just don't think they have the personnel to make make that difference right. if you play the same way, the 4-3-3. Right. Which means, do you go 4-2-3-1? Do you go 4-4-2? You need to do something to kick, to kick into gear some form. And then, once you get some confidence and some results and some form, maybe you can start going back to what you actually think is the best way for you, but you just can't keep going on and on and on the way they're going, surely. Um, we discussed Nunez, of course, before the game quite a lot uh, in previous shows. Does this goal now kickstart things with regards to momentum for him? No, I don't think so. I, don't, I think the only people that are thinking about this have been the people outside of Nunez himself. You don't score a goal like that if you're not confident right. or if you're scared or if you're worried about how you're going to play. Oh, what does everybody think of me? Am I good enough? I need to show everybody I'm good. That's not the goal of a guy who's thinking anything other than I want to get on that field and I want to score some goals. How was Gakpo, uh, Craig? Yeah, he was okay. Yeah, he was tidy enough and, you know, he's we were talking, I mean, the boys mentioned it in commentary, six foot two, he's a physical presence from set pieces as well. So I think it was a tidy enough debut. But to go back to, to Nunez, it sounds strange, but I think the most important thing there was he hit the target. Yeah. I felt that the good positions he was getting in a lot of the times, he was trying to like bury it right in the corner, right, and shanking it wide and doing stuff. It was almost like he was trying to be too precise. If he just gets back to hitting the target, and working on that, driving the ball low and hard generally, that was a more subtle finish, then the goals will just come from naturally because right. he's getting himself, and once again, he's getting himself, himself in the correct positions. Luis, what's up with Salah? Well, at the moment, but we really don't know because he's been, he's been scoring so many goals for such a long time that it looks like he has to do it every single year. And I think he's suffering for the form that Liverpool is playing at the moment. In not the same way, they are not creating the same chances, he's not receiving in the right position, he's not receiving in the way he received the balls before. As you can see today, he was far away from the balls. When he was on the box, the ball were coming here on the chest or whatever. Today the goal is because of a mistake of a defender. So he's far away from the, the, the way that Liverpool was playing. And he's suffering from that because I don't think that he that, uh, suddenly doesn't have 
the, the, the talent or the quality to, to score goals. It's just that he's not in front of the goal as often as he was before. And that averaged the, the, the amount of goals he's going to score this season. And one more thing that I want to say about Salah and, and Nunez and uh, Gakko that they just arrived is that they have comparison of one player that arrived in the Premier League almost at the same time, that is Ernie Hannan. And he arrived and started scoring goals like easy peasy. He scored already 20, 25 goals like nothing happened to him. And it's true that when you, everybody's thinking, why Nunes is not doing that? Why uh, Salah is not doing that? But I think the momentum of City is totally different of what Liverpool is happening at the moment. The creation, the creativity that uh, Manchester City has got at the moment is different. The way that Haaland is working at the moment is totally different. So at the end, Everybody tried to compare uh, Nunes, Haaland, uh, or Salah, Haaland, everybody with Haaland. And Haaland is doing something incredible, something that probably we're not going to see for a long time again in Premier League because we didn't see it before in 10, 15 years, scoring 20 goals at this time, and very difficult to do. So we need to stop comparing that because the numbers of uh, Nunes at the moment, I think they're, they're quite good. And don't forget they brought, brought in Diaz last year and he was flying. Yes, yeah, he hit the ground running. And, and so it's not... It's unlikely every player that you bring in is going to come in and, and do that straight away. One other thing, I think with Liverpool at the moment, we talked about, I think the boys talked about Fabinho before the game or at halftime, was I think watching Thiago sometimes, as talented as he is, in a side that are struggling a little bit or a lot and are as open as they are, I think it's a problem with him and the team. I think when he's playing on the dominant side, and he's getting on the ball and he's strutting his stuff and he's playing those little cute passes around the corner and dropping the shoulder. That's a different kettle of fish. But when he's in a side with two players in there that are struggling, Fabinho, and I think Thiago is a little bit, we saw one of the tackles he tried to make in the second half, for those that remember. I don't know the rules player, but it's just so easy to get through and past him in his yeah. little half-hearted challenge. So. Yeah, there are, there's quite a few puzzles for Jurgen Klopp to solve. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of work for Liverpool to do, not only, of course, in the cup, but in the league as well. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
here are all your FA Cup results and from today. Games that we haven't mentioned. Well, of course, United against Everton was yesterday. United winning by three goals to one. Uh, Preston North End beat Huddersfield Town 3-1. Reading beat Watford 2-0. Leicester City went to Gillingham and booked a place in the next round with a 1-0 victory. Hull City lost at home against Fulham. Fleetwood Town beat QPR by two goals to one. Ipswich thrashed Rotherham 4-1. And Burnley, who are top of the championship at the moment, of course, beating Bournemouth 4-2. Elsewhere, Sheffield United beat Millwall 2-0 at the New Den. There'll be a replay between Boreham Wood and Accrington Stanley. Sunderland beat Shrewsbury by two goals to one. Luton Town and Wigan will do it all again in a couple of weeks as that one finished 1-1. Grimsby Town beat Burton 1-0 at Blundell Park. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, as we've said, beat Newcastle 2-1. You wouldn't get that job on the BBC, would you? Why not? Reading the full-time score. That was good. Because you had to be slower and more deliberate. Yes, I know, but you can't be like that was machine gun too. City at Chelsea tomorrow. Uh, City big favourites to advance. I came live here on ESPN Plus. It should be. There's so much to talk about going into this game, Craig, because you know City don't really have a weakened side cool. to say. Well, well, they'll make changes, but it's still <laughs> welcome to the Etihad. It's mm. going to be a strong team. And what do you do if you're Potter? I just, I mean, uh, well, one. Does Potter worry about what Guardiola is going to do? Because that's a big problem. Because I, I often wonder if the manager, Man City manager, knows sometimes in the morning of a game what he's going to do. I mean, they're yeah. flapping around yes. with the formation at Stamford Bridge in the first half was just crazy. Uh, it was like overcomplication galore. So I think <clears throat> I think City will go back to somewhat of a more normal formation. Uh, fullbacks, you know, Cancelo at left back, maybe. Young Rico Lewis, I think, will play again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was terrific when he came on. He was terrific when he started of late. Uh, I thought Haaland was frustrated in the game. and uh, Although City won, I don't think they were brilliant. And the other day after the game on the show here, we were trying to find... Well, some people were trying to find some positives for Chelsea. Okay. I, 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 don't, I think that was a real struggle. I think the only positive was that City didn't play great and it was 1-0, right. and maybe some kids came on and, and had some game time. But So what do you do tomorrow? Do you play the kids? Like, how do you balance this thing? I don't think Potter can afford to play the kids. Potter's going to have to play his best team, I think. And, right. But who is trying... that at the moment? There's so many players out of form. Well, so in some ways he probably doesn't have a choice then. As far as, as, far as form and as far as injuries, he maybe doesn't have an awful lot of choices. Right. So he's forced into playing just right. what he's got. So Aubameyang's, <laughs> so Aubameyang's going to have to play again, yeah. I mean, I think Potter's going to have to concentrate on his team. Because right now, they're struggling to get anything right. Right. So he's got to forget about City and just try and concentrate on his own side and try and get them to play some football. Because they haven't played any sort of football. And when they don't play football, they can't do anything else. Because they're not big and strong and tough like previous Chelsea sides. You know, under the likes of Mourinho, particularly when he came. They have to be on their game as far as passing it. So that's what they have to do. They have to try and get back to supposedly what they do best, and that's passing the ball. And if they do that, then they'll have a chance. And they'll probably have to play Thiago Silva again, who is the best player. But he's, what, is he 38? And the games are coming thick and fast. There's no rest. What can you do? Well, one, you've got injuries, and two, he's the only one that's got any calmness at the back. I mean, Cucurella, the other day when he played, Mshaka was talking about him going forward. 
But he got, he got skinned one-on-one. He got skinned by Cancelo, who wasn't even great. He then got skinned by Bernardo Silva time after time. Mm. And then they brought on Riyad Mahrez. Not only did he get the goal at the back post, uh, in front of Cucurella, every time he got it, he turned him inside out. And this is a guy who was over 60 million. I mean, uh, it, there's just not much... It was an, I saw an interesting quote, actually, the other day from Potter, and I think it was his time at Brighton. But somebody replicated it to Chelsea. He said, what about the problems you're facing at the moment? And he said... It's a bit like trying to fix an aircraft when it's in the air. Oh. And, and that's kind of how it feels at the moment. It's yeah. like the, he's trying to cover, you know, he's trying to cover that leak and then he's got another leak here and then he's covering that leak then somebody else gets injured and then he's not playing well. And guess what? you got Man City twice in, in four or five days. But welcome to the big job. Yeah, you know, right. I, I think it's important for him. He doesn't, his team doesn't get embarrassed. But at least they have to be competitive. They were in the first half uh, in that game at Stamford Bridge, but then that petered out in the second 45. Uh, that game live on ESPN Plus tomorrow. Coverage starts at 11 a.m. Eastern, kickoff at 11.30. Uh, one of eight matches we've got for you tomorrow live on ESPN Plus. On next edition of the show, we'll be looking back at that game and, of course, Atletico Madrid against Barcelona. Be sure to join us. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Real Madrid suffered only the second defeat of their league season as they were beaten by Villarreal by two goals to one. Pino would open the scoring just two minutes into the second half after a many mistake. Benzema scoring from the spot to make it 1-1. Soon after, though, Moreno awarded a penalty for Villarreal. He would convert the spot kick to see them take all three points. And this is what Thibaut Courtois had to say after the defeat. Yeah, we're here with Thibaut Courtois after this defeat of Real Madrid. You, you struggled so much to control the game. What do you think was the problem today here? No, I think uh, obviously it's always a difficult game here in Villarreal. They, uh, they play good with the ball and they had good pressure in the beginning and uh, we panicked a bit on the ball. I think the first minute we, we gave away too much balls already and obviously that uh, makes them even believe more to, to win today. And 
I think the first half was for both sides after. Uh, they had some chances, we had some big chances that we didn't finish. You go into half time, you try to uh, change some things, and then we concede a really uh, bad goal. I think, you know, to give away a goal like that is uh, really unfortunate, especially just after half time. We come back into the game with a penalty, and then uh, a little bit after, another penalty again. So I don't think was one, but uh, yeah, for referees, I don't think that they, they even know what to do anymore because David had a hand on the floor and he was standing up again. So yeah, for him, it's really unfortunate, and I don't think uh, it should be a penalty. So Real Madrid remain second, as I mentioned, past with a chance to extend their lead at the top of the table. We'll look ahead to their clash against Atleti in a moment. But first, uh, let's talk him in, shall we? Luis Garcia, Ali Moreno with us. Uh, Ali, overall, we've seen Real Madrid do this in the past, haven't we? Rock up to games, think that just by turning up, they're going to take all three points. Not today. But this wasn't the game to do that. You understand midweek Copa del Rey away to Casereño, maybe you have that approach. It's not what I would do, it's not what I would recommend, but okay, you can get away with it. Not against Villarreal at Estadio La Ceramica where they haven't had any success. The, when, when preparing for this game, one of the things that, that stood out for me was reading the fact that Villarreal, over the last 10 years, you think of Real Madrid going to Villarreal, they have won more games at Camp Nou than they have at Villarreal. They have won more games at Atletico Madrid. They have won more games at Sanchez Pijuan, at Mestalla. They simply don't win at Estadio La Ceramica in Villarreal. They, they, they have difficulties going to the stadium. They have difficulties playing against Villarreal. So, you would assume that going into this match, you would have known this, that it's been difficult for you in the past, and therefore your attitude would have been, look, we have to be at our very best from the very beginning of the game. And that's what I was expecting. And man, was I wrong. I was wrong in so many different ways, because the truth is, it was all Villarreal all the time. From the very beginning of the game, Thibaut Courtois spoke about something that I don't think you would ever hear about Real Madrid players, panicking with the ball panicking with possession and it felt like that it felt like Villarreal had all sorts of numbers around the world uh, around the ball and and Real Madrid simply couldn't keep possession of the ball and we're talking about Chuameni and Modric and Tony Cruz and we're talking about a very experienced back line and it was mistake after mistake after mistake Villarreal grew up into the game and they deserve to win this game thing is Luis you look at this starting 11 it's arguably one of Real Madrid's best but no one really shone today yeah, definitely. I think the approach was totally wrong in the moment of saying the intensity. When you arrive to there, and I think mm -hmm. Dali's mentioned it, you need to cope at least with the pressure, at least with the fight, at least with the run. And first of all, I understand that Real Madrid, when they play against some other teams, they are going to be worried about you, about Vinicius. You're going to try to make to be one against Vinicius or with Benzema, have an eye on him, or with Cross and Modric, always a player on him. But when you play against Villarreal, you need to be aware that Parejo has to have someone always on, on him because he is the player who dictates how this Villarreal is going to play. He was free every single time. And when he's on the ball, he's got that magic. He's got that creativity. He's got that tempo. He knows what he has to do every single moment. And when he's on the ball, you need to have a player on him to try to put him under pressure. And then you slow down Villarreal on the build-up and then you stop the creativity of this Villarreal side because... Coquelin is not going to do that. Baena is not going to do that. And up front, the balls are not going to arrive in the perfect uh, situation like Gerard Moreno got in the first goal or uh, got in the second goal. Everything started from him. So if you know that, at least 
put someone on him, not every single moment, but at least on him to try to stop it. And they today, I think that Ancelotti didn't uh, give the credit that this Villarreal uh, deserved. And well, they got the result that they uh, went for it. Ancelotti is not an idiot. You know, he knows that they've struggled in the past here. He knows that this team can't just turn up and get the victory. It's, it's very difficult to put your finger on it because I'm not going to disagree with what you said. And the players will have known how much they've struggled there. Right. But I can tell you personally, there, there are grounds that, for some reason, teams struggle at. And in my particular case, it was it was the old Dell, Southampton. Right. We always struggled there. Right. And I can assure you, it was rammed home to us before the game that we needed to be at our best because we always struggled there. But yet somehow it didn't work and it didn't happen for us. It's very difficult to put your finger on it. It's a concern though, Craig, because we haven't seen the best of Real Madrid that much this season, have we? Should have played Eden Hazard then. <laughs> I saw you boys talking about him yesterday. I saw the stats, from the, I saw the graphic you put up from the Copa the del Rey. The pass that he had when he, uh, the game. Didn't exactly put his hand up and say, I'll come in and do a job. Look, it's too easy to say. Is it maybe one of those games where we're talking about protecting the defence and stopping Parejo and others playing that they are missing that experience and now it's maybe of Casemiro? You know, in front of that back right. four to give it some protection. Chumeni's obviously a physical player, but he has, he has not, certainly not got the experience and nous that Casemiro has. So that's one less sort of player in that position. And and yeah, I mean, this was all, this going away to this stadium here against Villarreal, as Ali said, is always going to be one of the tougher games. The way they play, the way they pass it. Even though the manager's changed, Kiko Setien's in now. It's not Unai Emery. There's usually a high tempo game, and. Real Madrid were just not at the races in terms of the tempo of their passing and how they closed the ball down as well. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised this result has happened. I think we're going to see more of this between now and the end of the season, possibly from both Barcelona and Real Madrid. Uh, and I think that's what's going to keep the, the, the title race open, yeah. but it was a very, very average performance by their standards. A, a performance that Barcelona <laughs> would love to have seen there, of course, in the Spanish capital tomorrow to take on Atletico Madrid with the opportunity to extend their lead at the top of the table. The Pookies have it pretty even. Uh, Barca going in at favourite. Uh, this is what Xavi had to say going ahead to the game. We have to be more clinical. We've played well in these first two games back, but we must be more effective in the final third. Ferran Torres is more about movement and Ansu is more positional. Ferran creates a lot of space for his teammates, which is maybe not valued. Ansu is different. Both can play as a number nine. Memphis Depay is also an option. Ali, uh, this... One, oh, go on. One second. Can we, can we clear up whoever knows? Is how many red cards have they appealed this week? Uh, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> so we, do we, we know that they definitely uh, failed one appeal, and that was for Lewandowski, and that's why he's not going to be playing in this game. Oh, well, give it a time. <laughs> against Atletico Madrid, Ali. It seems to be a, a straight question mark between Ansu and Ferran Torres. Do you agree? I would play Ferran Torres, uh, and I know... I know when I say this, I know, Dan, that he's not your favorite, but the reason I would play Ferran Torres is because at the very least, his movement in and around the 18-yard box is one in which he's going to be committed to, to get to the near post, to float into spaces, to at the very least get on the end of a cross. Is he going to finish the crosses? Well, that's a different story. That's a different conversation. We can have that tomorrow post-match. But 
he is indeed a player that somehow finds the ball inside the 18-yard box. Ansu Fati is not that guy. He, he is a player that, while Xavi likes to say that he's positional, I think Ansu Fati is a guy that likes to float it. He, he comes off the line. He likes to combine. But he's not going to be disciplined enough to, at the very least, make runs into the 18-yard box and create spaces for others. He's looking for his place. He's looking for his combination. He's not looking for anybody else or any sort of build-up. Ansu Fati by the way, has not proven since coming back from injury that he can be trusted, that he can be consistent enough to just put him down the middle and say, Ansu, resolve the problem for us. I think at this point it's Ferran Torres over Ansu Fati. Who are you having, Luis? I will have Ansu Fati on the, as a center forward against Ali because I think that for tomorrow's games against this Atletico in Madrid side that is very tight in the pack, no living spaces. I think that also has a lot of problems when you got a player near there. I think that Ansu can have an advantage of that, this small movement, being sharp, trying to be clinical because that's what the Barcelona needs at the moment. A player who, when he receives inside the box, is dangerous. He's someone who can grab the ball, make two touches, and score a goal. And he's going to have two players on the wide areas to serve uh, good crosses or serve good passes. We'll see if he's Memphis pay the one who can get involved because definitely it could be, for me, in my opinion, the one who I will put at the moment because, again, that one is more even clinical and he can float a little bit more like a false number nine. But I think that Xavi is going to go for Ansu Fati. I will say thank you very much to you guys. Just a reminder, then Atletico Madrid against Barcelona live on ESPN Plus tomorrow. Uh, it's one of four matches that you can see. Starts with Almeria against Real Sociedad, Vallecano against Real Betis, Sevilla against Getafe. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Meanwhile, let's go back to our main game, which of course saw Liverpool 2, uh, Liverpool 2 Wolves 2 in the FA Cup. Nader Manua caught up with Jurgen Klopp after the match. So good evening, Jurgen. Uh, so a 2-2 result. Um, what did you enjoy about your side's performance today? <laughs> Oh, enjoyment was not the first word I had in my mind after the game, to be 100% honest. I saw a few good things. I saw a wonderful goal from Darwin. I saw um, a really good goal from Mo. I saw a lot of, um, some other good football stuff, of course. But in general, what went through my mind directly after the game was we didn't win enough challenges. So that's, that's um, really for us a talking point that kept Wolves always in the game. That they are strong in counter-attacks and you can avoid them all the time, that's 100% clear. And I, I, I understand that. But there are other moments when they're just um, 
um, could get out of moments where I thought we were had a two or three one. Um, we outnumber them pretty much and then they still got out and then it's really difficult to defend them because then everything looks like the space is too big what they have. And so, um, yeah, that's it. So, um, how I said, it was not a game to enjoy, but it was hard work and we, we, we drew and um, so we get another chance. And when you mention those challenges, what would you put that down to, would you say? Oh, in this moment, it's just, I, if you, I'm not sure if you played football, but these kind of things happen. Let's say, yeah, in, when you're two or three, we uh, one situation, then three people think one of the three will have to challenge. <laughs> but yeah, none of them has it, and um, that's why they get out, and um, that's, uh, that's the problem. And obviously everybody will be asking about the Gakpo performance and how he did overall. What did you like the most from him today? Ah, well, that was really good. Uh, so for the first game, um, involved, being involved in a goal um, like him and um, having a lot of good football moments. So he needs to get used to us. You, you, on the wing, it's really, it's really tricky to 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 work together and, and it's clicking together with your with your partners there. Uh, when do you have to be inside? When do you have to be outside? These kind of things. But I thought he did really well. And finally, in regards to the changes that you made, it was a lot of senior players that seemed to come off towards the end, like Mo, like Trent. Was that always part of the plan or was it something that you just saw within the game? Oh no, I didn't plan the subs today. Um, it's just it was felt that we um, could need something completely different when, when Ben with one-one situations getting maybe on the line and can put a cross in. That's why we left Darwin on the pitch um, and all the others were just to refresh. Uh, there in these positions, opportunities, that's why we did it. Fabinho got a and knock. Um, so I'm limping a little bit. That's why we um, changed him and not Thiago. Um, so of course, um, that was a very offensive midfield then. But um, still, um, we had good moments. But to be honest, not enough. Nader Manua joins us now. Nader, have you ever played football, mate? Hey, listen, has he not seen my clips on YouTube? How dare you? Jurgen, do better. Do you not know who I am? Exactly. Do you not know who I am? You should show him the Obviously, goal at no, Stamford Bridge. Obviously, no, he doesn't. Show him the Stamford Bridge goal, you know what, Interestingly, interestingly, I, I think I had one assist in my career, but it just so happened to be literally about 10 yards away from this exact spot. But clearly, Jurgen Klopp doesn't know me. What a disgrace. Oh. It's an outrage, Dan. It's an outrage. I must say, you oh, showed, I must say, Nidham, you showed amazing constraints. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you sort of amazing. Look at Wikipedia. Look at who I am. <laughs> I think they, can you imagine being like, <laughs> 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 How much do you hate yeah, doing interviews, Nathan? Um, to be honest, when he came over, he could see he was a bit down. So I thought, right, I need to put in a good performance here. But then next thing, he's just roasting me and I'm just standing there taking it like, okay, no worries. We just keep moving. Let's get the content. Let's go. Yeah, uh, it was a feeling in the studio we've discussed it quite a bit. It kind of same old Liverpool today. Do you know what? I think that is correct. But when I saw the team before the game, I had a belief, and maybe I was like sucked in by the stadium, by the fans being excited, the new signing. Mm. But then very quickly, it did feel exactly the same. But then when they took the lead, you think, well, I guess they'll just carry on from here. But as the game progressed, it felt to me like Wolves are just a better side. And then when he's taken off some of his more key players, you sort of wonder, well, what's the purpose? Surely Salah's dangerous enough to be able to keep on the field to get something. Surely the same for Trent Alexander-Arnold. But instead, that's what he went for. And I think... Yeah, it did feel a bit like the same old Liverpool, which is a crazy thing to say considering the standards that they set across the past few seasons. What do you see? Go on. I think Klopp summed it up when he said hard work. Every single thing that Liverpool try and do looks like hard work. Yeah, nothing is easy. Yeah? Nothing. Every single thing is hard work. It's a bit like you putting your suit and tie on, isn't it? <laughs> 
It's getting up in the morning, I think. Waking up breathing. Hard work. Nathan, what struck you today from being pitch side that maybe we wouldn't have seen from the TV? Um, I don't know. It, that's, I think that's a good question. I think, for me, what caught me off the most was the fact that, say, you do hear the stories, and Stevie will tell you, like, the fans are usually very, very good, but there was a bit of unease in the crowd today. You know, they wanted to really get behind their side, but the side wasn't really giving them anything to do so, and they didn't raise it themselves. So I think there is a sense of almost, like, disappointment, disappointment amongst many Liverpool fans. Obviously, it's not all, but in that game there today, like, we spoke with, Neil, uh, with Nathan Collins after the game, and he believed that Wolves should have won the game, even though they've finished 2-2 at Anfield, which feels like a great result. They're thinking they should have done more, and normally for Liverpool, that's never really the case for an opposing side. So I think something just feels a little bit off at the moment. You could sense it a little bit in the crowd. And one or two of the players as well, you could see that maybe they were affected just that little bit. But should they be able to get, a, get to a point whereby the football on the field is good and the fans are rocking? You know, they will come back, but it's a question of when is that going to happen? Because it's been a little while now, and... For some reason, it doesn't feel like anything's going to change. I think Craig summed it up earlier when he said apprehensive. Everybody, right. you're, I, I'm, I'm sitting before the game apprehensive of what I'm going to see. The fans are going to the game apprehensive of what they're going to get. Right. And obviously the players, apprehensive maybe is not the word for them, but they're clearly not as confident as they should be or, or certainly have been. And so when you're starting from that position... It becomes hard work, as as Klopp said. Not enjoyable is the is the Aye. enjoyable was the word. Yeah, and yeah. he said no. I'm not. No. I don't enjoy no. it, and I don't think he is enjoying it. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy this interview, and I don't like <laughs> that's, it. That's it. So don't, ask me another, don't ask me another question. But I, uh, I, it was interesting. He said I was going to take Thiago off, and then Fabinho got. He's a, he's a bugbear in mine. Thiago. Thiago. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get it. He's had some great success, and he's created a fantastic technician but sometimes just sometimes those that little fancy drop of the shoulder stuff and the no look passes and all that it gets a bit boring after a while when you need to roll the sleeves up particularly in the middle of the park I'm not suggesting Henderson or Fabinho or any of them are playing well they're not but I think at the moment when Liverpool need people in there to really roll their sleeves up right I think they could do without that sort of fancy Dan Thiago style. I, I just don't think Liverpool are in that sort of mind frame and game plan at the moment. Uh, we'll say thank you very much to Nadam. Nadam will be back for extra time at the end of the show. Thank you very much for the moment to him. Uh, meanwhile, the Copperdale Ray draw uh, was made this weekend. Uh, let's take a look at the round of 16 ties. Uh, Villarreal will meet Real Madrid once again, this time, of course, in the Cup, looking to book a place in the quarterfinals. Oh, you mentioned Eden Hazard. Why not, say? 68 minutes, of course, he played against Casareño. Didn't do anything whatsoever. Wow. Uh, there are suggestions that he could be joining uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in Saudi Arabia. So, I didn't quite pay attention to this yesterday. Right, OK. Knocked, didn't, he, didn't com he, didn't, he didn't complete any dribbles? No, no dribbles. I feel we're picking on him. Oh, really? Like, he was 120 million, Craig. Oh, no, no, I mean, no, I mean, I mean, I mean like, it's like, yeah, it just seems to be. Is Saudi Arabia kind of the? I, I'll be honest, it's quite, I, it's quite sad now to see. And I think Stevie, I think he talked about this yesterday, saying yeah. what he wants. You know, it's not that he can't. You don't get to where he is and the level he was at if you're not trying. Yes. But it does, sure as heck, kind of feel that way. And, I mean. 
What, what, is Alan, Saudi Arabia not been watching him play? What's Alan Lazar going to get out of signing him? I don't know. Stevie, it's a name. It's tricky, isn't it? I mean, those, that, that, those stats are... I'm sorry, but those stats are just... Horrendous. What, where he... This has to be down to the player. Right. Nobody else's fault. This, this, this is going to Real Madrid a few years ago, whenever it was, downing tools, coming back overweight, which he, he, he did, picking up injuries, probably because of that, really not bothering your backside to... And he posted videos and that and stuff which we've seen about, oh, here's me working hard now and this is the new me. Yeah. I mean, that, that's embarrassing. Particularly against that level of opposition yes. in the Copa del Rey. Yeah, fourth tier of Spanish football. Meanwhile, speaking of low-quality football, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was on the sidelines uh, for the first hour game. He was watching it, um, well, from the bike. Uh, they would win the match. He wouldn't be eligible to play because he had to serve that suspension after smashing a fan's phone uh, during his time at Manchester United. I thought we weren't going to talk about him anymore. Uh, well, there we go. Uh, meanwhile, Roberto Martinez is linked to a move to take over at Portugal. Uh, this, of course, the coach that's been in charge of uh, Belgium over the last six years, preceding that at Everton and Wigan. Well, he had one of the most talented Belgium squads, and uh, you know, when he took over from Mark Vilmots in 2016, I believe, after yep. the Euros, after their debacle, going out to Wales. Uh, it was, Martinez was the guy that was going to be the final piece of this jigsaw. Take, take them over the hump. Get them over the line. Not only the great football, but combined with all these great great players. And, and, and look, in the end, what was it at the World Cup? An utter shambles. Right. So, I have no idea how these guys go and get linked from big job to big job. I mean, the... If you look at Portugal and you look at the squad and you look at the players they have, you're looking for somebody to take them over the line. Mm -hmm. So hold on a minute, let's go and get somebody who's taken this team over the line. So then why does Martinez get mentioned? Mm. It makes no sense. Right. It makes no sense whatsoever. Why are they even looking there? How would he get on with our friend well, Cristiano Ronaldo? Well, well, I don't think he'll... I mean, well, listen, he's done. He's not going to Forget that. Lane. But listen... <laughs> We're talking, you know, if he goes for a job, right, if he goes to sit down, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, he shouldn't even get near an interview for the Portugal national job, right? But he sits down, the first thing, even if, even if there's a, a, the Portuguese federation, whatever it is, there's a group of people, they're all making a decision, they're not all on board with it. I'm sitting there saying, so tell us why we should hire the man that thought it was a good idea to play Eden Hazard right. at the World Cup. Yes. Tell me. And, yep. make That's him, and make him captain. Make him captain, then have to drop him, which, which harnessed an internal feud between top stars because they all knew that he and maybe one or two others should not be playing. Tell me why I should give you this job to manage quite a considerable amount of talented players. I can't, and the answer is, you're not getting it. I, I'm flabbergasted here. If you're, if you're in charge of the Portuguese FA, mm -hmm. and it's just, I'm kind of repeating what I've just said, but surely if there's a board, if there's a board of four people, it's okay, go away, and let's come back with a list of names who'll take us over the line. So surely you're going to come back with a list of names of managers that have taken Teams over the line. Right. So why would you come back with his name? We won the FA Cup, Wigan. It makes no sense. 
Makes no sense at all. Uh, meanwhile, one manager who did take his team over the line, well, four years ago, Didier Deschamps, has been renewed as coach of France. He'll be in charge uh, until 2026. Take that, According Benjamin. to reports. I'm not sure what Zidane's going to do now uh, for the next few years. We're just going to link him with jobs. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we know Manchester United are in search of a striker and reports suggesting that Val Weghorst might be that forward. Uh, he could be making that loan move to Manchester United from, uh, well, for, he's on loan at the moment from Besiktas. Uh, we from Burnley, of course, who he joined at the end of last season. Does this make any sense? Uh, well, I watched him at Burnley. Uh, I did see, obviously saw him. He was uh, front, and, front and proper at the World Cup in the end with that goal yes. coming off the bench. <laughs> yeah. But let me tell you, I actually saw him when I saw him play at Burnley the first couple of games. He actually he played actually quite well. And then put a full stop after it because that was the end. Right. And now, in all fairness, it wasn't a great team to be playing in. But let's be honest, we're talking about Manchester United here, right? We're talking about a Burnley player who's on loan in Turkey. This, this doesn't quite smack of the guy they bought in from China a couple of years ago on loan. Yeah. Guy used to be at Watford, Cathy Gallo. Doesn't yeah. quite smack oh, of yeah. that, but it ain't that far behind it. I mean, that's. That's papering over the cracks, if I've ever seen it. Uh, speaking of papering over the cracks, this is what Ten Hag had to say about, about some of the Manchester United transfers that preceded him. The club has bought an unimaginable number of players in recent years who have not been good enough. We want the best of the best. Any players we bring to Manchester United must meet the highest standard. So did you say this before or after Veghoff? I, I, I think this was preceding well, I, would, I would say, I would say <laughs> it's safe to say you don't hold Lissandro Martinez in that bracket. Oh, don't bring Why would you bring that? I couldn't help that. Early. Well, they only well, bring the Clearly not. Oh. It's the right attitude, yeah? Aye. Yeah, that's what you want to hear. But most Absolutely. of those players, it has to be said, are still there. Uh, yes, yeah. I think he's talking about people like, you know, obviously, I think Maguire, Juan Bisaka. Yeah. yeah. Do you think any of their egos, they're all sitting going, I think he's talking about me. Well, it'll be. Oh, he's talking about him. Uh, that is it then. <laughs> that brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, thank you very much for watching. Uh, be sure to stay tuned as extra time is next. Nadam's back, uh, Craig and Stevie as well to answer your questions. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you for your... Qu I don't have any questions, Craig. Can you see if they're on the printer for me, please? Uh, Craig is here. Stevie, how's the finger, Stevie? Fine, yeah. 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 There you are, beautiful. Oh, good. Good you missed all of that yesterday, well, Craig. Well, no, you sent me a picture. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you sent me a picture and I went... I looked at it and I went, lovely. I said, what's he done now? Uh, yeah, lovely. If you haven't seen it, have a look at yesterday's Extra what's Time. Like, you know, because you just sent me a hand. Yes. No, it could have been anybody's hand. Yeah, but you knew whose hand well, it was. I didn't know. You definitely knew whose hand it was. Uh, Nadam is with us as well in the rain at Anfield. Thank you very much, uh, Nadam. How's your day been? Uh, yeah, it's been an interesting day. It's the first time coming back here to just watch a game instead of playing in one. Started off well, and then just ended in humiliation, but here we are. Where you going? And you're you're Cop obviously didn't know you were a player, or a former player, Naden. Yeah, I don't blame him as well, to be honest. After the 16 years, there's not, there's not much to show for it. But still, you know, I still got a chance to interview him. It was, a, it was a very interesting moment. Being second in line to interview him and seeing he wasn't necessarily in the best of moods. Yes. And this is my first time interviewing him. I thought, ah, 
Okay, let me just take this one, and then before you know it, yeah, I was um, I was getting humiliated, but such is life. We move on. I remember Bertie Vox doing that with Charlie Nicholas. Oh, really? When Char- when uh, Bertie was getting hammered uh, as a Scotland coach, uh, Charlie was working for Sky Sports at the time and was pummeling him right. on a continual basis, oh, and Bertie Vox went. I have no idea who this man Charlie Nicholas is. Who is he? <laughs> he then proceeded the next week to come out and read a roll call of all Charlie's accolades and achievements. Right. And Charlie went, that's amazing. A week ago, he never knew who I was. Now he knows every bit about my career. Wow. There now, there's paranoia for you. Uh, yes, right. indeed. Uh, did Stevie get... I was a bit disappointed Nadam didn't come back at Jürgen there. And well, what's he going to say? Yes, I, I played for Manchester no, I know. City. Remember, I, we beat no. you last year. No, 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 no. You're I'm childish, I don't know. Uh, did Stevie get his finger sorted? A lot of people have asked this question, Stevie. Yes. Yeah, I think we've addressed that. It's not sorted. Well, I bet you wish you were here yesterday. No, it's still got an infection. No, I'll tell you what, you've had a lot going on recently, haven't you? Oh, I, I, won't, I won't bring it all up. Trust me. Fortunately, it does not smell in the studio as it did no, yesterday. No, that was bad. Yeah, I, there was the moment where you sniffed the table to see. Well, I, was just, I, was, I, I just wasn't convinced that's what it was. Right, and then the smell and, then and the, the smell sniff. confirmed it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, which Liverpool players have come to the end of Ooh. their cycle? Cool, blimey. Henderson. Milner. Well, if we're, to- if we're talking, of, yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd have to. Well, the fact that Henderson never plays 90 minutes anymore has to tell you something, right? So you'd have to say that. Milner, obviously. Mm. Uh, the Ox. Diaz. I mean, sorry. You Nunez. <laughs> oh, yeah. You kind of have to. You kind of have to think Gomez. Right. What about Cater? But then, if you let Gomez go, Matip can't play two games in a trot either, and Van Dijk's injured. Who are you disappointed with today, Nadam, from a Liverpool perspective? Um, gosh. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't know who I was that impressed with overall, to be honest. I think, obviously, Nunes scored the goal, and he was the high energy player that they had, but overall, there were a lot of you know, just very average performances from a lot of them, so. Neither. I don't know, it, wasn't, it really wasn't that impressive showing at all. Yes. So, so you you'll be able to see this better from the sideline because you can you can you can see way more. You know, Craig and I are talking about about Thiago, and yes, we all agree how fantastic he is on the ball. Is it as bad when you see people just brushing him aside and walking past them? Is it is it as bad when you're yeah. there as it is on the TV? Do you know what? It kind of is because sometimes you can sense that he's going to do the trick and when the trick's going well, then he looks incredible. But when certain players are reading him and sort of winning the ball off the back of it, then I think there was like, there's a lot of frustration in the crowd over some of the things he was trying to do. Again, he's got a great eye for a pass and all this, but I think sometimes he tries to drift into space so that it's not too heavily contested. And when he does try and break it with something, it just doesn't, it didn't, it wasn't high energy. Today, it wasn't anything that looks impressive at all when it worked out. And then you saw from that first goal, you know, he, he basically gave the ball away 30 yards out from his own goal in trying to beat a man. So sometimes it doesn't work. And I think people are sort of figuring that out both on the field and unfortunately in the stands room as well. Craig, what was the lowest division opponent you played in an FA Cup tie? Uh, Do you remember? I believe it was Barnett in 1994. And what level were they? 
Uh, they were in the Football League, but they were at the time sitting 92nd. Wow, which so they is were bottom of the Football bottom League. Bottom of what we would then call the fourth division. Yep. League, or whatever it was, I can't remember. League two now. League two now, and it was, we'd have called it the fourth then. And Barnet were the worst team at that time in the league, and we had to take them to, and it took us a replay. Oh, wow. Yeah. We drew in the first game and should have, they should have beaten us. <laughs> and you were playing away for the first game? No, we are playing at home. Oh. We played at home because Barnett's ground... It was an away game, right. which is strange. Yes. It was an away game at home. Yeah, because they couldn't... They couldn't fulfill, fulfill the, the fixture because of some problems at the ground. So we played at our place and Dimitri Karin made save after save after save because we just thought we'd turn up and, ah, it's Barnett, they're hopeless. They almost beat us. Um, we beat them 4-1, I think, in the replay and went all the way to the cup final that year. Oh, there you go. But I don't think we played anybody in my time. We played Millwall when Casey was there. Right. They were either in the championship or or the second division. But I don't think we played anybody that wasn't in the Football League. Right. What about you, Nathan? Yeah, I think he was either Scunthorpe or Yeovil, but I think they would have been sort of lower end of League One. But again, you know, they were, they were tough games because they were both away from home. Pitch was a mess, you know, crowd were right into it. But interestingly as well, Dan, I think I scored in one of those games. How about oh, that for a rarity? Take that, Jürgen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you remember me, Jürgen. <laughs> FA Cup icon. But I tell you what, though, when you went to some of these grounds, right, it was, Oof. you know, I mean, great atmospheres, right? right? But you go, the bus comes in and it's busy and it's a big day for them, obviously. And it is, and you heard some of the Wrexham players talking before and after about it, that they weren't Premier League teams. But this is generally, potentially the only time these guys might get to play against Premier League players. Sure. And and they're having it. It's their, this is their cup final, basically. Right, they're in the, you can hear it, and you can hear the dressing room, the music, they're all, the studs, the, yeah. uh, everything. There's, and, and there's going to be a fight. always tiny. You know, <laughs> you know when you go back to your old school? Yes. And you see how tiny everything is? <laughs> yes. When you go to all these old places, everything's tiny. Right. The dressing room's tiny, the toilets are tight, everything's tiny. <laughs> you're, you're ducking in to get in the stadium. It's unbelievable. So <laughs> York, was York very young? I remember us talking about York. York, aye. We played York in the... Were they non-league at that stage? No, no. I think they were top of the third division. Right. We were European champions. Okay. And we drew nil-nil away from home in the first leg. Is that when they made a straw on the pitch? Yeah, it was... It was well, obviously January. Right. The, the pitch was absolutely like concrete, <laughs> and of course back then, some genius decided that the best way to to counteract the the freeze was yeah. to put straw on the field. It's like putting bread on an infection. And then what they would do is the morning of the game. Morning of the game, they ask for volunteers <laughs> to take the straw off. Right. So you've got all these. <laughs> you, know, you, you end up. You get to the game. You're getting off the bus, and you look. You can see the field. And there's people with rakes pulling straw off the field and you're like, oh no. We went up to play Blackpool uh, and it was a League Cup actually. And uh, I just remember Gary Brabin, who was their captain at the time, was a nightclub. Was, he doubled up, his other job was a nightclub bouncer. Brilliant. And uh, so we were like, right, I'll not be going near him. What does he look like? And as a kid, we went to, I was only a kid at the time, but we went to play Hull City. And I'll never forget, Kerry Dixon, uh, who was Chelsea striker at the time, former England international, obviously had no idea who was playing at Hull and said to somebody, who plays centre-half for Hull? And somebody went, Malcolm Shorten, right? <laughs> and Kerry went like that. Oh, no. Because oh, no. this guy, Malcolm Shorten, at one point in his career was part of a, a, a centre-half duo at Oxford called Shorten and Briggs. Briggs. Gary Briggs. They were two of the biggest 
fault. Squarest heads. Right. Toughest. Square heads. <laughs> I mean, pure I mean, there's going to be a fight. <laughs> no matter what. So <laughs> Kerry asked and somebody went, Malcolm Shorten, and Kerry went, oh, no. Right. That's how it is, though. You go and play these teams and you got to have to be prepared for the fight as well. Uh, for Nadem, have City gone off the boil? There seems to be a lack of motivation, whereas in recent seasons they wanted to bury the op opposition by multiple goals. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think um, that's obviously recency bias based on that last Chelsea game, but I think for the first like third of the season they were scoring three goals at home on average, you know what I mean, whoever they were playing against. So. I don't think it was that bad. I just think at this moment in time, they've got someone who can be who they can be compared to who's doing far better, which is Arsenal at this moment in time. But for City, you know, they're five points behind. They're not really at their best yet, but they know that they, you know, there's potential for them to maybe go on a run like we have seen in years gone by. So no, I don't think they're off the ball. I don't think they need to score five, six goals. I think for them, they just know they have to win games and you know, winning four out of the last five Premier League titles suggests they know how to do that. Uh, what's the percentage chance of Messi, Neymar and Mbappe still playing at PSG at the start of next season, Stevie? Percentage? Don? Don, anybody? <laughs> Don? Don's not here. I mean, that's a tough one because, you know, if Messi wins the Champions League, he, he might decide he wants to just have an easy life. Okay. And go to MLS. You don't have to give us a long answer, it's been and quite Mbappe, a long time. Well, and Mbappe might just decide to throw his toys at the pram and decide to leave. Right. You also don't have to give us a serious answer. <laughs> just throw a percentage out there, we'll move on. Um, 33 and a third percent. Okay, thank you. Can very I ask much. a question? Why did you squeeze the finger yesterday here? Oh. You didn't? No, I, just, I, I didn't even know I did it. No, I didn't even know it went. I was sitting here. You knew it was infected though, didn't you? <laughs> I, but I was sitting here doing this. Right. What colour so was I'm it? I'm sat here, right? Right, right. right. Final question. We've run out of time, Stevie. We're going to do looking you think Darlene silences I'm critics going, today. I'm going, what's that smell? <laughs> Stevie. He's doing this, and I had no idea what he was doing. But do you think Darwin Nunez silences critics today? Oh, no chance. No chance. No? You can't wait for him to miss another chance so he can come to me and go, Darwin Nunez is coming. Oh, you're, I'm the critic, am I? Oh, you can't wait to get after him. Wow, yeah, Steve. You have seen your face today. <laughs> arguing away. You don't argue like that. You unless you think you're correct. You ain't arguing away the way you were unless you think you're right. I, I think his misses are a contributing factor to Liverpool struggling. That's I've it. Not, that's I've noticed said. that with you recently. What's that? Your anti-Liverpool ways. <laughs> yeah, that's it. If anyone, he's picked up on it. Yeah. <laughs> you hate, why do you hate I Liverpool? I just hate everyone. That's it. That's it. Apart from Nate. Nate, are you with us for the City game tomorrow? Uh, I'm not, no, unfortunately. But you do hate Liverpool and you need to stop that, Dan. You're I a know, terrible guy. I know, I need something. I just hate everything. Ronaldo, Liverpool, Nunez. Gakpo. He blamed you for Gakpo, <laughs> even though he did say, where's he going to fit in? <laughs> uh, that is it. Thank you very much, Nathan. Thanks to Craig and to Stevie. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Kate okay, will be back here uh, for tomorrow's show to reflect. Yeah, on you're not. You, 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 yeah, you, to replace you. you, you oh, <laughs> just too up. much bias. Too much. <laughs> But are you telling yourself to shut up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to yeah. say something, I thought, why bother? <laughs>
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 